early morning walk with Pia. We've been chasing bunnies. <clears throat> and I want to talk a bit about how to do the work. It's so interesting to me that people know how to research and buy a car or how to put together a resume. They figure it out and apply for a job or how to track their training for a new job or find the best cleaning materials for their house. But when it comes to work on the self, so many people are kind of scratching their head saying, well, I'm going to do self-care. And my questions are, when? What does that look like? How can you do self-care if you don't even know who you are and what you need? <laughs> and of course, we do self-care every day. You brush your teeth, you eat food, you make a million choices every day to take care of yourself. Get that bunny, Pia! <laughs> So really what we're looking at is not self-care for maintenance, not self-care for my dysfunctional self. Yes, I'm going to do that while I'm still in this space. But what about self-care for evolution? Self-care for personal growth? <clears throat> and why do we call it work instead of play? Because it is work. <laughs> and play is part of it, meaning putting play into our life. But when we work, if we're kind of a low-level worker, no supervisory experience, we do what we're told, we do it the most efficient way, or maybe the laziest way, so that it's more efficient for us, not for the job. And we go home and watch television, and eat, drink, play video games, whatever. And if that's the kind of work that you've had, or that's how you've been trained by your educational system or your parents, you actually don't know how to supervise or monitor or check on your progress on your work, on yourself, because you don't even do it at work. <clears throat> you just follow orders, dodge bullets, go home, maybe dodge more bullets. And I have to say that this is definitely part of the times now, our educational system that trains people to learn the test, pass the test, and make more room to have time to zone out. So I would say if you're like that, you're a product of society right now and also a product of your parents. So we can take it out of the self-critical realm into, I've been trained to be this way. <clears throat> and what that does in the field of personal growth and evolution is that you just wait for one disaster after another to force you to think through problems and take risks and challenges and make changes. And that's a rough way to learn as far as I'm concerned. It's like, how do you learn to ride a horse? Well, you just keep falling off. No, take lessons. 
have someone teach you. Practice. You don't have to learn by just falling off, and you might fall off, but plenty of great riders I know never fell off. Good girl, Pia. So what does doing the work look like? You know, the holistic psychologist has this sheet called, uh, I think something like Small Daily Promise. And that is her attempt to teach people to start making a plan and monitoring the results. And she takes it down to almost a microscopic level. And, and even doing that, I know people who I've referred to her self-healer circle. It's like $26 a month or something. And brilliant work. And I'll say to them, are you doing that small daily promise? Oh, no. No, I'm just kind of reading through the material. (laughs) Well, that's not work. (laughs) That's reading through the material. So even with the small daily promise, people are finding that hard, which is make a promise to yourself, then see if you keep it, and then monitor what happens to you if you keep the promise, and what happens to you if you don't keep the promise. And happens means both physical, mental, not both, means physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. What's the impact of keeping your word to yourself? And what's the impact of not keeping your word to yourself? And by the way, was it a good promise? Maybe it was a stupid promise, one that you can't keep or one that you don't even like that really came from somewhere else, like you promised to lose weight and you don't really care about losing weight. So how do we do work on ourselves if you have not been brought up either through great education or great parenting to learn how to learn something, apply it, and monitor the results and make changes based on those results to make it better or more expansive, etc. My answer to that, sadly, is you can't do this by yourself. If you have not internalized self-discipline, if you do not have good critical thinking skills. Critical means analytical, not self-critical, but analyzing problem-solving skills. I don't know how you learn this by yourself. Now, you might learn it on a job with a great boss who models it for you or a great co-worker who models it for you. You might learn it from a spouse who has it and these skills and you don't. But other than that, life hard life lessons will teach you critical thinking skills and teach you to start making changes and troubleshoot and all that good stuff. And again, that's the hard path, the hard road as far as I'm concerned. So to me, you have to work with someone. And for people who do not have an internalized self-discipline, which is a lot of people in this age at least in the Western world of abundance, prosperity, material goods, and social media, that doing it online is too easy for you to not do the work. Plus, online is generic. It's not specific to you. Hello. Come on, P. Good girl. So if it's not specific to you, and you don't have good analytic skills, self-discipline, an inquiring mind, 
um, an ambition to become a better, bigger person with a more authentic, joyful life and a more uh, functional set of life tools, online is too easy for you to not do the work and also to just learn information without the ability to apply it. So online to me works if you already have self-discipline, if you already have the drive or you've been in enough pain that you can't stand your life anymore and you are determined to change it, then online could work for you. What also is not very uh, working very well in this day and age is most therapists because if a therapist challenges their patient, the patient usually quits. <laughs> right now, this is the era of, I want to feel good. I want validation. I, I want somebody with a degree or that I admire and respect to tell me I'm doing well. And that's valid, but that's a small part of personal growth and spiritual evolution. A very small part. Ultimately, we want to internalize validation so that I check in, I feel good about what I'm doing, I feel connected to source, etc. Not that I need a pastor or a psychic or a therapist or a guru to tell me that I'm doing well. Yes, it's a great thing to have, but it's sugar. And yeah, sugar is good, but too much of it, nah, not so much. So we need to find somebody who cares enough to have difficult conversations with you, who cares enough about your growth instead of their income to ask challenging questions and to help you while you thrash and kick and scream and cry and throw up your hands in despair and say, I can't do it. And they stick with you going, I think you can. I think you can. One more step. One more step. And then after a while, you're walking. Good girl, P. Hard to find someone like that these days. But before you find someone like that, you're going to have to make part of a plan by yourself. And there's two parts to that. One is... You have to dedicate time. I'm going to work with a person and I'm going to give Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday evenings over to work on myself. Like a job. Like, you don't go to a job when you feel like it. You go to a job, period. And it's a job to take care of yourself and to grow. After a while, it becomes a lifestyle. But in the beginning, it's a job. For those of you who are kind of bristling at that idea, I'd like to remind you that it's been a job to be codependent or alcoholic or a video gamer obsessively gaming. You work really hard. You make time for that. You put other things to the side in order to do your addictive or dysfunctional behaviors. So you already have a job. But this is taking on a new job. 
So before you decide to work with someone, you're going to have to look at what you're willing to give up in your life time-wise in order to make time to do the work on yourself. And the second thing you're going to have to do is look at your money. Where are you spending your money now? And where can you make cuts in your budget to afford to work with someone? And I know when I first started doing this work, people were like, well, you have a gift. You shouldn't charge money. Well, I might have a gift, but I also have three degrees. And I also spent thousands of dollars and hundreds, maybe thousands of hours working on myself, learning, educating, studying, and mastering skill sets. <laughs> so, I treasure everything I have for myself, in part because we humans don't treasure things unless we work for it. And we see that now. We have a culture of entitlement and privilege, for the most part. And work on the self... We have to appreciate our gains. And humans, sadly, usually don't appreciate things they're given. They appreciate things they earn. And why is that? Because in the process of earning and learning, you change. Making the effort, spending the time and energy and going through the healthy stress of the challenges changes your energetic field, changes your atomic structure, changes your metabolism, changes your neuroplasticity, it changes your brain neural pathways, creates new ones, helps to atrophy the old ones of addiction and depression, etc. So the two things to get in place before working on yourself are sacrificing some time that you currently use for cooking or sex or TV, etc. Or even time with the family. You're going to have to give some up and reallocate it to your own work and money. And I have found it was a hard lesson for me because I used to listen to everybody's sob story about money, cut them a break, and then see or hear that they were in Hawaii a week later at a five-star hotel while I had given them a break and couldn't pay rent. <laughs> hard lesson for me to learn. Still hard. But what I have found is that when somebody really wants something, they find a way, financially. They stop drinking beer. They stop buying clothes. They stop buying the most expensive phone. With few exceptions, there are some people in true poverty who struggle finding money for work on themselves. But what I've always seen with people like that, they never ask for a break. They never even tell you they're poor. They don't use it to hustle. Come on, pee. They just accept, I'm too broke right now. 
Never say a word. So to begin to work on yourself, if you've tried working by yourself and you haven't gotten very far, or if you're working with a therapist, guru, healer, teacher, and everything's kind of the same, but you feel better, uh, is that good enough for you? Then okay. That's what you're looking for is to feel better, not problem solve. And not get more tools, not get stronger. And maybe that's all you need right now is to feel better, to pay someone to help you feel better. All right. If and when that wears off, be willing to take another look. But if you are someone who is really tired of going through the same issues, over and over, where you've discovered that your mother or father, who you're so mad at, that you act just like them, slightly different version, same behaviors. Before you go hunting for someone to help you, allocate time so that when you meet with this person, you say, I have five hours a week to give to this. I have 10 hours a week. I have one hour because I'm a single mom working three jobs, etc. Allocate time, allocate money, and be prepared to make sacrifices. When you allocate money, it means you're going to give something up that you're currently spending money on. I know when I study with my teacher, it's been like 38 years or so, and I wanted to go to retreats, I had to save up. I had to plan. I still do, actually. It took me about 26 years to get to Thailand. <laughs> Other people, they've gone five, six, seven, eight times. They have money. I didn't. I don't. Still find a way. So I'm not talking about doing things that I haven't had to do myself. I've had to do the same thing. Allocate time. Find ways financially to make things happen. And when I couldn't find ways to make things happen financially, I would find other ways to do the work. I'm not saying everybody should be like me or that my example is amazing. I'm just saying that Sometimes when you work with someone, you don't know their background. Their husband's supporting them, their trust fund person, they have money coming in. And they will talk to you about prosperity and, you know, abundance and good things. But their life is filled with that. That's their karma. So when I talk about my examples, I don't mean to say be like me. All I'm saying is I have not had the privilege in this particular life of having very much handed to me. So I can relate to the struggle it takes to find money and time to do this kind of work. That's all I mean to say with my examples. I can relate to it. I know how hard it is, how challenging it can be. And sometimes you simply don't have the money or the time. You just don't. And then you can look at 
a lifestyle change, like move to a smaller house, give up your new car and buy a used car. Then you'll have more money and you won't have to work as hard for your car payments and your house payments. That kind of negotiation based on a change of priorities, meaning I don't need a new car, I don't need a giant house, I can live differently so that I could travel or work on myself. In other words, the first two steps, time and money, often take problem-solving skills instead of saying, well, I don't have the time, I don't have the money. Well, would you like to have the time? Would you like to have the money? <laughs> and I used to see this as a professor, come on, P, where I had students getting a bachelor's degree at maybe 40 years old or 35, married with a family, move in with parents or in-laws so that they could still be a husband or wife or mother or father and go to college and afford it. Whereas if they had continued to live on their own, their kids would suffer because not enough time, etc., not enough money for mom or dad to get a degree and be a spouse and be a parent and pay all the bills. And was it hard moving back in with parents, with children? You bet. But it was time limited. Two years, three years, and then out and not being in so much debt, the family still intact, etc. Really hard decisions to make. And I so admired students that were able to do that. And they were lucky because not everybody has parents that will let you move back in with your kids because you want to go to school. Here's the thing about making these hard choices. Either we make hard choices, we either we choose the hard we want to go through, or life will choose it for you. I know so many people who love Glennon Doyle and her slogan, we can do hard things, which I also love. And there's many things I like about her and her podcast, her book. <clears throat> but it's one thing to chant that slogan. It's another to live it. And what she says, which I totally agree with, life is hard. Choose your heart. So when you get sick of passing on generational dysfunction, when you finally had enough of realizing that, of course, you're just like your mother or father. That's all you were taught as a kid. But now you don't like it. You want to be a different version. Sit down, make a plan, time and money. Start there. Then when you go shopping around for someone to help you, come on, P. You'll be ready. You'll have the time scheduled. And you'll have either put aside money or shifted your budget to pay for the help you need to get going or the help you need to continue. I hope this helps.
and I wish I had a magic wand for everybody, but I actually don't wish that because when you have a magic wand, it only lasts for a little while and then people forget. But when you've worked hard and you've earned it, you never forget and you don't let it go. You don't give it up. You treasure it. Humans are crazy that way. I hope this helps. Hope to see you at Life Path Healings. Journey on.